Welcome to our campaign, set in the galvanizing world of Electroval. Join us for an adventure full of noir intrigue and electrifying spectacle. See the description below for ways that you can stay informed on the latest episode of the series, as well as any other content featured on Dice Carnival. This episode of Dice Carnival is sponsored by C4 Labs, proud vendors of free shipping in the United States. Now available is the Hugo Dice Tray with the utility of compartments for all of your dice, plus the flaming pizzazz of the man himself. Additionally, at checkout, you can type in Dice Carnival with no spaces or caps to get 10% off your whole order. So if you want to support your local musician, or just find great products for your D&D games, head to c4labs.com. Be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave a good rating if you enjoy the episode. Without further ado, let's begin! Welcome back to the Witchlight Carnival, everybody. When we left off, events of the day were drawing towards a close. The party had managed to visit many exciting locations, from feasting orchards to pixie kingdoms, reliving some pleasant memories from their childhood. Even though the carnival stays the same in many regards, those that frequent it are required to grow up. Most of you concluded events at the Pixie Kingdom, joining them for a game of hide-and-seek before making your way to the crowning of the Witchlight Monarch, the closing ceremony where one carnival-goer will be celebrated as the one who put the most happiness into the carnival. But of course, there is an element of intrigue here as well. As three individuals have approached you now, offering different possibilities of convincing Mr. Witch and Mr. Light to open up about the shady dealings going on at the carnival. Amanda and Hobbs broke off early, before the announcement of the closing ceremony, to try to confront Mr. Witch and Mr. Light, or at least press some ears against a few doors within the staff area. They were originally blocked by a thorny hedge that seemed like it would be painful to try to leap through, but Amanda with her wings, realized she could fly over, and Hobbs, using his fey magic and excellent woodcarving skills, managed to create a magical visage that allowed him to imitate Burly the bugbear, someone who considers himself an ally to you, to bypass the security on the hedge and walk straight through. Of course, upon venturing within the staff area, Mr. Witch and Mr. Light walked into a single carriage, and positioned outside of it was a very intimidating-looking clown. One who, according to Tor, has quite a suspicious past, and the other carnival-goers and other carnival staff do what they can to avoid his gaze. Hobbs approached him, and while his disguise worked for many, worked for the hedge, it did not seem to be enough for this individual. And as you ask him a question, Bako says, I'm going to show you a little magic trick. You see, you take this kid and you stick it up your nose, and then you take the knife and you drive it into the other person. And at that Hobbs, you realize that he is now holding a knife right at your, what would be your gut? 
like straight in the middle of your torso not pressing it through but holding it there like braced with a sort of twisted look on his face scowling and amanda you are beginning to sort of flutter above mind you not the easiest task for you but as you crest above the top of the hedge maybe about 40 feet away you see just the glint of a throwing knife being pointed straight at Burly Hobbs. Uh, and I ask you, how do you how do you react? Disguised as the bugbear uh, with the pumpkin on the head, Burly, uh, and mimicking the voice only for a moment, Hobbs is going to say, Well, seems like my disguise was seen right through. And I'm going to gently grab the clown's hands and guide them up towards the pumpkin, towards my face, and say, now, I am an expert carpenter. I can either build you a chair and we can sit and talk, or I can build you a coffin. (laughs) And he's going to lean forward into the knife, sinking it into the pumpkin, so here's the thing. <laughs> so here's the thing too, a little bit that we do kind of have to address is that you do have hit points. You do have, you don't have any sort of like resistance to stuff like this. So it yeah, it would yeah. obviously be like driving in here would still cause some sort of damage. But I still want you to give me an intimidation check. Oh man! And I'm just gonna oh, roll a die boy. on my side as well. Oh man, that's metal. Hmm. Real wish I had inspiration at this moment. Uh, that is a six. Oh, no. No, if only I was I rolled, level three. I, I rolled a charisma check for him, considering this a bit of a vibe vibe check. And you see, like, as it the, the thing, it doesn't drive in too deep to sort of, like, mess up with grains and the sap that kind of run through you, that kind of give you a bit of, of, of life and control over the extended parts of your body. But as, like, and as we kind of, like, describe that, like, this disguise self is... is it's not fully illusory. There's some illusory elements, but it is like you've got like a wooden pumpkin over your head that doesn't look wood. And as the knife like drives in about an inch, he starts seeing like the splitting grains and a twisted smile goes up his face and he says, you know, I'm a bit skilled with carpentry myself. I just might make a chair out of you. And I want the three of you to roll Holy me some initiative. Cow. Oh. That's so good. This exchange is insane. <laughs> we'll get to the rest of you soon. But I want to see what happens here real quick. Yeah. Amanda, so- you are oh, a little damn. bit far away. That is a dirty 20 on initiative. 13 for me. 13 for Hobbs. What's the time for homicide? Or hopefully not. We've been working hard to prevent that. Hobbs aside. Hobbs aside. <laughs> Does, the killing does, that of the Hobbs, does that mean Hobbs is the one who dies, or does it mean That's Hobbs is committing the homicide? Based on etymology, it would be Hobbs that would be What's dying. your dex bonus, Hobbs? My dex bonus is plus what, three. What's your, your, your score? Okay. 16 plus three. Good to know. All right, then. So, Amanda, I'm going to kind of imagine that as you see this, we kind of see like you like stand back a little bit as... You catch just the outside of this conversation. We see like you flutter a little bit, and I imagine you're trying to like zoom in there. It's going to be an opportunity of an exchange, we'll say, around between Hobbs and Thako before you have a chance to intervene. But you do yeah. not think that Thako, you don't, you don't know if Thako has seen you yet. 
Right now, he right. seems to be having his attention focused towards Hobbs. However, Hobbs, you get to act a millisecond before him. All right. Let's see. You see that he's reacting in some way, but you get to react first. All right. Uh, Hobbs is still holding his his hand. Uh, is gonna turn back into his his wooden form, sure. and his ch- chest is going to be shaking and it's going to uh, burst with wasps uh, as they start swarming mm. around him and I see, like, cast carpenter wasps fly out yeah I, mm. I, I cast infestation uh, Ooh, so the saving yeah. throw and attack roll uh, saving throw uh, must su- succeed on a constitution saving throw or take 1d6 poison and move 5 feet in a random direction Okay. As you see him sort of, uh, as you drive it towards him, that is going to be, that, that's that's high. That's going to be a 17 to save. Um, so it's maybe like something along the lines where you see, like as the wasp spray out, you see he like adjusts his like uh, lapel and the little flower on it just shoots out a torrent of water that disperses the wasp. I work at a carnival. You think I don't know how to deal with a couple of hornet's nests? Is that your turn? Uh- I will go ahead and try to. Uh, I'll I'll move away from him. Ah, so, so like you're I, like letting go of of you're let you're trying to like let go of his hand and like where are you backing up to like back towards like the hole in the hedge that's beginning to sort of reknit. Uh, I'm gonna head. I'm gonna move over towards where uh, the ringleaders, Mr. Light. Okay, so he's kind of. Uh, I'm gonna say like he he intercepted you maybe about like. I'm gonna say like maybe around like 30 feet in front, so like a full turn of movement would like get you to that door mm-hmm. before you could touch it. So you're just gonna kind of like push past him and try to move it way over there. I'm gonna say like yeah. as you do that, I'm gonna he's take gonna that say, like, attack you know opportunity, baby. You're gonna say like you know this means war, right? And like literally like as you're letting go of his hands, he just grabs you with his hand and just begins driving the knife into your wrist. However as uh, he manages to sort of strike down with that one, that particular knife he was holding ends up stumbling uh, out of your his, his grasp as he seems to sort of like slip on a corn dog that was left on the ground. Does the corn dog make a very comical squeaky noise? Uh, no, it like it has like a it's actually got like a hot dog inside of the corn dog, so it, like it just shoots a hot dog a half-eaten hot dog into the abyss. Oh. All right. Who actually, takes no, damage? Actually, no. Shoots it into his eye, and that's what distracts him. <laughs> oh. My my oldest battle companion, the corned <laughs> dog. <laughs> Amanda. All and right. You see, like Hobbs is beginning to sort of run, and you see Thaco is like pursuing him as they're making their way towards the door. What are you doing? I'm gonna take my rope, and basically what I'm gonna try to do is drop down on top of Thaco and use the rope to like have a sleeper hold on him. So, so, you're, I so you're trust, I'm try, trying you're to, like, try to leverage. Him. Yeah, but I'm trying. I'm trying to do so in a way that's more of like a dexterity thing, making the rope do most of the work. I'm gonna say like what's gonna happen here is gonna be less of a grapple then, but you're gonna try to sort of try to cling yourself onto him and begin sort of trying to strangle him. So we won't be grappled, but you're gonna kind of be moving together. Are you Are you uh, trying yeah. to groat him? Like yeah, it's, it's a groat. Like, okay. Yeah, what I'm gonna say here is I, I want you to roll me a stealth check with advantage. Yeah. It's just going to determine, like, if you can, like, sort of move fast enough or silently enough without your wings creating, like, a, a droning sound. Damn, these dice love me at the beginning of sessions. That's a 22. So what Whoa. happens here, I'm going to say that beats his passive perception. 
is that as like he's running up to basically grab a hold of Hobbs, he like gets right to Hobbs as Hobbs is getting to the door. And as like Hobbs, you're about to bang on the door, he like grabs you by the shoulders and rather aggressively pulls you backwards into the mud uh, a good like two or three feet. And then you feel him like release uh, as you see Amanda just pop out of the sky a piece of twine sort of wrapped around his neck as he's got like one hand kind of like trying to like get a grip onto it as she seems to sort of as 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 with all of her might just leaning backwards fluttering her little wings to try to give her a little bit more lift to uh get get as much leverage as she can on him don't know how long it's going to last or if he could just throw her off but uh actively at the moment he is being strangled and i'm gonna say I really hope he can relax, or I'm gonna need to keep helping you out with that. Okay, then. <laughs> Whose turn in combat is it? Uh, now it is going to be your turn. Nice. He is uh, within range of you again, and you are still like five feet from the door. But he's restrained, correct? He is not restrained. He is just, he, he his, his movement would technically be halved, and he is actively being strangled. So okay. if that manages to be maintained, it may knock him unconscious but he, he has full control of his faculties, at least while he's conscious. That's uh, probably grappled then. I don't know. Kind of a little bit, but Amanda decided that she wasn't trying to sort of like restrain him with her muscles. She's just trying to get the rope around his neck and hold on. That's, that's, I'm ruling this a little bit as an interesting thing. So he, he is not restrained. He's not technically grappled. His movement is halved. Okay. But, but yeah. Uh, Hobbs is going to reach into their tool belt and spin out this kind of curved piece of metal mm-hmm. um, called a hold fast and he's going to point it at Thacko and a brilliant green beam of energy shoots out and attempts to plop him in the chest with it. The 15 to hit Yep, so I would say, like, usually you'd be in melee for this, but I'm going to say, like, another symptom of sort of Amanda helping you here is that I'm just going to just count out that disadvantage. So, uh, 15. It's a spell. It's it's not a range. Uh, Oh, what are you casting? Uh, I'm casting uh, fucking, what's it called? Fae Blast? Eldritch Blast? Yeah, Eldritch Blast. Absolutely. Uh, So, so 15 hits. Roll me damage. Five damage. Uh... You see, like, it ends up, like, striking him a bit at the shoulder. He looks like he try- he sees it going. He's trying to, like, throw Amanda in the way, but he's just a little bit too slow, and it ends up, like, streaking across his side. You can kind of smell a little bit of uh, heated flesh as uh, a little bit of his hip is charred from the blast. He strikes out at you, uh, or, or you strike out at him and kind of blast him for a, a decent hit, but he still seems to be standing kind of strong. And as uh, that kind of streaks off into the night... You see, like, he was trying to sort of position Amanda between uh, him and you, but was a little bit too slow to react. End of turn? Uh, I'm going to try to create some more distance, uh, and I will climb on top of the trailer. Yeah. So, like, you are, like, 10 feet, basically, from the door of the trailer that you saw Mr. Witch and Mr. Light go into. Yeah. And he's, like, managed to, like, stop you, like, a little bit before you got to the door, but, like, before you could knock on it or something like that. Yeah. I, I wasn't uh, trying to knock on it. I was just trying to, like, okay. get some... But yeah, there's sort. definitely some, like, ladders on the side of it. And uh, as he lashes out, he, like, swings around uh, as he, like, grabs another knife from his belt. And he'll try to swing out at you. You're technically within five feet of him when he's making his attack. So that's going to be... Uh, that is a little bit higher. That is going to be a 20 to hit. 
Okay. Five. So that's going to be... You feel like as the blade sinks into you, it cuts into you a, a bit deeper than you would expect. And you just kind of find your, your literally the grains of your body sort of beginning to sort of blinter as if like there's is there there's just literally a sort of cross cut going on in addition to the sort of piercing of this blade and as you go through it like bits of splinter just sort of fly outwards as uh bits of black mist drift out of your wound accounting for vulnerability that is going to be 10 points of piercing damage as you are within his aura of murder i love saying that aura of murder oh no what the what fuck? is that all right that's only the opportunity attack, and you get away. But how's Hobbs looking? Uh, pretty screwed up. Yeah. All right, then. But I do manage to climb on top of the trailer, so... Yeah, like, we see, like, as you're doing, we just start seeing sap ripping out of your body as, like, the... the you, 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 you leave the sort of cursed area around him. I got the high ground, Anakin. You end your turn as you are standing up on top of the carriage. Yep. Now oh, it no, is his no, turn, I'm on and he top. says, no, I'm on him. and he like twists his head backwards and says, "No, he he actually can't speak at the moment because you've gotten corroded, but he just gives you a twisted little bit of a smile." I'm gonna say like he's going to basically grab your neck. I want you to roll me. Are you going to try to cling onto him, or are you going to try to disengage and evade him? You would be giving up the. Garrote I'm going to try to, to evade him. I'm. You'd I be think I'm up going the to. I, I, I think the best option is to just go for the door and get somebody's help. Because I don't uh, think other people would allow this. Then roll me an acrobatics check. Cool. It's me. Yay! 18! You rolled a 19. Oh shit! Oh so, shit! So like, as like, oh, let no. go of the garrote, he reaches around and manages to like, grab the base of your neck. And he's not incredibly strong, but he's stronger than you. And as he grabs the base of your neck, he just bends his way downwards and he's just gonna sort of suplex slam you against the sort of mud and corn dogs and cotton candy handles. Oh shit. And I'm gonna say that as you go down, this isn't piercing damage, but I'll say you take uh, four points of bludgeoning damage. Oh shit. Says like, he's kind of got your your head in his, his grasp and he says, you know, usually I'm not supposed to do this, but you did strike first. Uh, as he, like, holds, like, the knife in the back of his hand as he sees Hob standing up on top of this carriage. Uh, within the carriage, you hear a little bit of a... Something going on out there? Amanda. I'm going you're to prone scream. right now. Yeah, I'm just... I'm I'm going... I'm just, I'm just gonna yell, Thacko's trying to kill me! Help! Help! I'm screaming, trying to sound as innocent as possible. Channeling, channeling, sweet girl, you need to save energy. Roll me a performance check. Okay. Imagine if that was persuasion, then I'd be good at this. 16. What an act. It's more, it's more about how loud you can broadcast yourself. So that is a 16. All right then. Hobbs, Thacko. Oh, sorry, Hobbs, you first before Thacko. You hear oh wait, am Amanda... I, am I able, am I able to use my, um... Am I able to use my bonus action to disengage and get the getaway? Yeah, sure. I'll let that happen. So you see, like, as you scream a little bit, um, it doesn't actually have you grappled. Uh, you manage to sort of, like, kick yourself up and sort of, like, flutter uh, a little bit in his face that you manage to... Are you flying upwards or something, or...? I think I'm gonna go up. <laughs> okay, so you're able to get... I'll, I'll let you get... I'll, get... I'll let you get 10 feet in the air. So you're technically uh -huh. still within range of him. 
Oh no. Oh no. But he'd have to like oh, well. reach up and grab you by the leg. Um, Hobbs, we're having some cool f pixie clown fights. I used to rent those videos from Blockbuster. Pixie clown fights. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, how far is that go from me now? Carriage was about 10 feet up. I'll say you're 10 feet upwards. I won't do any sort of trig by the square root of two. Uh, so I'm just going to say you're 15 feet away. 15 feet away. Okay. Um, but, but you have the high ground. Yes. I and as you are standing on top of this carriage, you can actually like see over the wall. Um, you see that there are like the music at this point for like the, the sort of like coronation and the announcement has gone up. So you start hearing like there is like a bit of fanfare, but you do see that there are some carnival staff dressed similar to Carney was like Tor once was do seem to sort of like over the wall sort of notice the scream, even though the majority of the sort of carnival seems to sort of have have sort of like been lost to it. Um, but there does seem to be someone on the way. I am going to go ahead and cast Pause Fear on him okay. uh, in order to get him out of here. If that is a DC 13 wisdom saving throw. DC 13. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you right now, this this would cause him to be frightened. He doesn't have to roll. You sense like as you channel like the spell at him, whatever this sort of person has been through in life uh this person this 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 person is is something something terrifying honestly and uh just seems more intent on getting amanda to the ground at the moment but he does kind of like cock a smile at you he has no fear he has no fear do i is I it that i feel this like this guy's stat block with another stat block out there okay yeah. What do you say? Do I get the sense that he just shook off the spell, or that like the you spell just that doesn't there is, affect there, there him? There is no, there is no fear in this man's heart. If you could even call him a man. <laughs> what is Thaka? A shell. He is well, simply a shell. I, 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 train, I, feel, I feel really bad for foiling your spell like that. No, it's it's all good. He 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 is. He cannot be frightened. He is a creature. No, I I, I get it. Uh, I'm just like I, I'm I'm in so many different campaigns that are like high level and like yeah. me jumping back to this like level two wood lad. I'm just like, oh, where are all my bonus actions and where are my bonus actions on bonus actions? We don't have any yeah. of that. And uh, as that is kind of happening, the sort of sound in the carriage beneath you does kind of grow a little bit louder and you hear like a voice say like, I need, uh, I'm going to go check on that. I was like, no, 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 I, you sit here, I'll investigate. I'm gonna- you, know, you hear like a groaning underneath as if someone very heavy is standing up inside of the carriage. Uh, I'm gonna kind of stomp on the carriage a little bit and be like, speed is of the essence. Please move quickly. There is murder happening. Uh, Thaco, <laughs> he is actually gonna, he's not gonna grab your leg, Amanda. He's going to use a once a day ability. What? What? He what? reaches into his belt and he pulls out like two knives with one hand and another throwing knife with another hand. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh no. no. Oh no. And just unleash a volley. Oh, dislike, dislike, dislike. This could legitimately grip me down. 
I want you to roll me a dexterity saving throw. Do I need to roll three of them or just one? Just one of them. Okay, thank goodness I have a good bonus. I have a good... Yeah! 24! (laughs) You take half damage. Ah. As only one of them strikes you and another one grazes off of you and a third misses. However, that is still going to be... Half of 18 is 9. If I took full damage, I would have gone down. So you see, like, as it goes up and you just sort of feel like one of these knives go straight into, like, underneath your arm near the, the armpit. Um, and another one sort of, like, grazed past your cheek. That same sort of, like, shadowy mist from this man as he just throws up these three knives out with his hands. And, like, just, like, a, a knife thrower's stance goes outwards. Probably one of them, like, goes wide and, like, hops. You have to, like, duck down as you just see a black streak go into the night. Um... And as quickly as that comes out, two figures emerge from, uh, or you start seeing that the, uh, the, the door begins to open. Amanda, are you, are you staying nearby or are you attempting to flee? I am going to, I'm going to kind of roll back onto the top of the trailer with Hobbs. Ah, so you're going to try to like hide? Yeah, just Uh, for now. All right. So hide behind uh, me, Amanda. Yeah. (laughs) Take cover. All right, so, so three dropping out points. of initiative a little bit because we got, do got to check in on the rest of the party. You two are going to sort of like leap up and try to press yourself down along the top of the carriage. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say like as you do that, uh, I'm not going to make you roll. Hobbs, do you press yourself down as well? No, I'll make myself all visible. Uh, Amanda, do you, do, you, do, you, do you try to convince them to, to get out of sight or something like that? I'm just getting myself out of sight because murder clown. Ah, okay. So you see as he steps outwards. Let me just check something real quick. Imagine homicidal intent. Not at this carnival. Not at all. Nope. <laughs> um, Hobbs, I want you to roll me a constitution saving throw. Constitution saving throw. Hopefully you are thick. That is a 19. I am quite 19. thick. Quite thick. You look behind the two of you as you roll down, Amanda, and you see that there is a squatting Kenku on the ground who seems to sort of trying to, like, set out this sort of glittery powder from their hand towards Hobbs and, like, gives you, like, a look of, like, get down. But as the effect kind of goes off, Hobbs, you're still standing, right? Yeah. Get down! And in Amanda's voice, uh, the Kenku Kettlesteam mimics get down. And uh, if you get down at that point, that's when we see uh, the two silhouettes of two people from behind step outwards. And we just see like Thako sort of like slinging the knives outwards. His eyes were actually closed when he did that. And then he opens them. You hear a voice say, Thako, what the hell are you doing? Oh, jeez, I'm swearing. I should not be swearing at the carnival. What? What's going on out there? What are you doing? You hear uh, the Thako say, what? We were dealing with intruders. We were having someone poking around back here where they shouldn't be poking around. Look, they hurt me, right? You know, I'm not allowed to hurt anyone until they hurt me first. It's like, you can't just be going around anyone who's going around. Don't do what sort of... It's like, it's a shapeshifter. Someone who's able to disguise themselves a little bit. Made out of wood. It's like, oh dear. You don't think that it's that dreadful uh, warlock who's been poking around. You hear another deep voice say... Appreciate your assistance, but we're gonna have to ask you to stand down. Otherwise, I'm gonna have to ask you to take the night off. And you hear the irritated clown say, "But, but, just give me a chance. I'll catch him. I'll bring him in. I'll string him right up for you, dead or almost dead. Your choice, right?" And the two of them say, 
We cannot be having any interruptions by the end of the carnival day. Otherwise, you'll be giving her exactly what she wants. This is your last warning, Thako. You've been a studious aide to the carnival since even Ysold's time. But we cannot ignore the times you've been difficult. <sighs> you hear the voice say, it's like, fine. But the two of them go away and they ruin your carnival for you. I don't want to feel like I'm getting any fallout from any of this. All right. And if I catch one of them poking around at me again, know that they'll begin the sharp end of the carrot. Mr. Light is just like, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. I, I need to get to the big topic strap again. I've spent way too much time here and things are getting a little bit bloody. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Oh, this is such a stressful day. This is such a stressful day. Why can't everyone just get along and have a fun time? And Mr. Witch says, you know why. You're on your show. I'll be there shortly. And you just kind of see the clown go off back to like the middle of the courtyard and sit down on his stool again and pull out his bubble pipe and just begin sort of puffing on it huffily. And you, the two of you see the, the, uh, the Kanku sort of like nod its head. It just kind of looks at the two of you as you see Mr. Witch step back inside the cabin underneath you, the uh, trailer, and uh, Mr. Light go off. I'm going to send um, Kettle Steam a little signal of like, let's meet around the corner. Let's talk. Uh, you see that she uh, climbs along the, the, the edge and you see like very similar. You see her sort of like glimmer a little bit. And she actually takes on the visage of Thako the Clown and she just walks through the hedge as it parts in front of her. And the right. two of you can kind of like follow her back into the thoroughfare, not straight into the carnival, but off to the side a little bit, opposite side of the big top. Uh, and a couple of you regather a little bit. Meanwhile, uh, Philo, Ostrok, Tor, all of you are feeling a little bit limber, a little bit uh, tired from the game of hide-and-seek, but you hear the sounds of a symphony, of an orchestra coming from the big top event, as you hear carnival hawkers calling out, Come to the crowding of the Witchlight Monarch! One lucky fairgoer be the hero of the carnival, bestowed upon a royal title, Come, come, gather all, gather your seating while you still can. Concessions are cheap. Come along, come along. And all of you. I nearly forgot. It's, it's the eighth hour already? It is the eighth hour. It's the last so hour of the fast. carnival. Where does the day go? Do we have any idea where Amanda and Hobbs went? Yeah. Didn't we say we were going to meet them there? They, they think they said they were going to look around like the staff area near the big top, so kind of the same area. Yeah, yeah, we, we did delineate that we'd we'd be over there. Well, I'll keep an eye out. Yep. So you guys are gonna make your way to the big top. Yep. Yeah. All right then. Um, yeah, as all of you are beginning to make, you start seeing that some of the uh, some of the uh, stalls they don't really like board up, but they do um, begin to shut down. You see some concessions and stuff like that, like offering like last chance to like pick up candies and stuff like that. And as all of you are beginning to make your way through, you come into the wide. Gummy worms. Yeah, you gonna <laughs> pick up some more gummy worms? It's gonna be a ticket punch for two bags. Oh, sure, I've got ticket punches. All right, how many? You're using them all up? No. <laughs> uh, oh, I could. Um, might as well. Might as well. Hold on, let me just check. How many bags I have of gummy four worms? Four punches left. That's eight bags of gummy worms. You're gonna have to visit. <laughs> uh, you're gonna have to visit two stalls to get that many, but you can. Oh. You know what, I'll just do two punches then. 
Right, you got four bags of gummy worms as you see Ostrock just kind of like gathered along with all of you. Reed catches up with you and just has like two big bags of gummy worms tucked under his arms. I'm sorry, it was last call. These are really good. <laughs> that is fair. And uh, yeah, all of you make your way in. Um, what sort of seating are you trying to get? You guys get there early enough, you were close enough, that uh, you can kind of take your pick of seating more or less. Do you want to sit close to the front, close to the back? I'd probably again stay near the back. No? You guys? Um, Ostrock, Philo? I'll stick with Tor on this. Right. Yeah, I'll no. stick with the group because we're trying to find our other friends. Too. Yeah, we want to make sure we can see around and find you. I don't want to get separated yep. and then we find them and then we're all separated again. <laughs> okay, so you guys kind of find an area on the back bleacher where you can kind of see everyone a little bit. And in, in the process of like seeing like opening acts kind of begin to regather. Let me actually uh, share a little bit. Yeah, you see, like, there is, like, a number of, like, carnival staff that seems to be going about. They seem to be, like, tossing out, like, little bits of, like, pewter coins and stuff like that. That uh, are, like, little toy coins for, like, kids and stuff like that. You see, like, uh, cannons are being pointed towards the the crowd and firing, like, glitter and merch and stuff like that. Um, And, like, people are, like, grabbing it and and, and catching it and uh, seems to generally be a very, very good vibe that's happening right now. What are you guys saying or doing as you're looking about? So, are we supposed to let the ceremony happen or interrupt it somehow? Or? I never got the full picture on what we're exactly doing at this ending ceremony. I'm not sure exactly what the others are planning. So I, just I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait. <laughs> okay. So, as all of you um, kind of gather there, uh, we see as Amanda, Hobbs, and Kettlesteam, who uh, dropped the Thaco visage, says to you, Well, that wasn't very smart. Wait. I mean, I mean, I wasn't really planning to go for the clown. That wasn't really my idea, so you could probably tell that to Hubs, but it's all okay now. Thaco's so, not a clown. He's a bully. I needed proximity to the ringleaders. Well, I did overhear one thing. First of all, they know that we know. And also in the process, we signaled out to other people who in fact know. So we have some more information, which is definitely going to be helpful. So one thing that I learned is something that might actually get their attention a little bit more than mischief, is if things go way better than they expected. Because it seems like it's not like they don't want to talk, they want to. Something's keeping their hands tied. And if we prove ourselves as somebody who can help, as somebody who can make it worth their risk, then they'll be much more likely to talk. In fact, it's almost certain that they will talk. Um, I and know we have other helpers too. I'm probably gonna have you roll something in a second, but first you hear Kettlesteam say, listen, I got a plan, but I'm gonna need your help on it. Let's compare plans, but do know, we barely have any time, but I think mine might work better. Roll me a persuasion check. Finally, something I'm good at! Yeah! 17. Kettle Steam eyes you up and down and says, Should get you in position. Get you to the front of the show. Best seats in the house. Closest proximity to the entertainers. Alright. Do you understand me? I saw. I'll be in the back. Making sure things go perfectly. Got it. And we also need to find the gnome and Burly. 
and we need to do it quick. You've you seen the that. note, yes? You handle that. I'll keep an eye out for that gnome, you said? Yes. You saw her All on right. the stage, I'm sure. In fact, at first I thought she was you. Best grab some seating. All right. I'll be joining you momentarily. But it fills up quick. The gnome, do you mean Tumblestrum? Yeah. Okay. And she'll, like, nod. And you see she takes on the visage of uh, another carnival staff worker. And she'll begin making her way towards, like, the back of the big top, back to the staff area. Where you see, like, other carnival staff seem to be making their way towards. Okay, so just so I understand better, I'm grabbing Burly and she's grabbing Tumblestrum? Uh, she, no, she she says she's going to keep an eye out for Tumblestrum. If you guys are going to go look for Burly, but she's going to go in the back and make sure things go perfectly. Okay. All right. And she says that she needs you, though, to, to sit near the front. Yep. So I will try, to, I'll try to make my way there quickly. And I guess Hobbs? Hobbs, could you look for Burly? It seems like I part of her plan really requires me to sit in the front. And you know what? I trust her. I think this is going to go okay. Is the rest uh, of the two of them at the front? Hobbs, I want you to roll me a perception check, if you could. Yeah. That is a 19. As you are kind of, like, watching her a little bit, as she kind of shifts into the visage of, uh, we'll say, like, Candlefoot, uh, and as she's kind of making her way over, she reaches around her neck and inspects, like, a sort of corked vial that she wraps around her finger. She, like, looks both ways and continues to walk. Uh, can I make some sort of check to figure what that is? Does it look like anything that... I would have known before as, as far as think, like medicine or nature. You've never, you've, you haven't actually seen her before. No, I meant so. the the thing around her neck. Does it, it look from like that a particular far away? Thing? It doesn't look like a particular thing. I don't think you would recognize. But if you do, you mention it to Amanda. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll ask if Amanda knows what the the vial is. She keeps voices in there. Actually, in particular, she kept a voice in there. Well, is it, wait, was it open or closed? You could. It looked like it had a cap on, but looks like she took the cap off as she was walking. She just gave someone their voice back. I'm not sure what that means. Essentially, what she does is she takes someone's voice so they can't speak and holds no, it in the bottle. I misspoke. I'm sorry. I thought I. I don't know what that means for us. What that means for us? Romy is a. Sorry, finish your conversation. My initial assumption is that stealing voices was part of her original plan, and by letting it go, she's just making room for a new one because she doesn't need it anymore. I think she's going along with our plan. Though it might be worth kind of looking back and seeing if she was if she seemed on board with us or no. Roll me an arcana check, Amanda. I wanna check something. Ugh, I'm not too smart. I ain't smart. I don't know. Oh, they, okay, 18. I rolled a 17 on the die, nice. From what you understood, at least from what you saw it, you don't have in deep understanding about how magic items and stuff like that work, or, or Eldritch Spellcraft, but you do understand a little bit with, like, the Fae and stuff like that. And, you know, you've researched a bit, you've got Fae blood in you. You think that that vial can only carry one voice at a time, but it may be able to sort of steal a voice into it when it is empty. So she could be releasing a voice, or she could be opening the stopper to collect one. Oh gosh! All right. It is kind of a it that is, is kind of a toss-up about how much you trust her. Okay, shit. It might not be. A, I guess I might not have been persuasive enough. 
because there's a possibility she was preparing to steal someone else's. Ah, I don't know what to do. Pops? Thought? I say we get as close as we can to figuring this all out. If she has her more? own plans, there's not much that we can do to stop her. And Amanda, I will also say that sort of staticky sensation you felt since you shook her hand fades away. Oh no. Terms oh no. Of the oh contract no. have expired. Oh no. Oh no. Okay. I don't think we were persuasive enough to her. Maybe you were. I don't Maybe know. Maybe she amended her plan. Maybe she's going along with it perfectly. Is there a way but, for us to like insight in hindsight? I mean, she is a very difficult person to read. I'm going to okay. leave it up to your judgment here. What she might be check doing. the hindsight check. You could also go look for other people, too. You could also go along with our plan and sit near the front. After all, being in proximity to anything she might be doing back there could only work to your benefit. All right. I think I'm going to go along with the plan, but we also need backup. We're going to need Dumblestrom and Barley. Are we using all three plans? We are using we are using the plan because um, we can't do the theft thing anymore. We're kind of stopped from that. I say we make things go so well that they want to help us. Dumblestrom's plan. Somebody say my name over here. Burley? Oh, hey, how you doing? I was looking all over for you, kids. I uh, saw the rest of your team head into the tent, but... Uh, yes, yes, you know, yes. I was wondering what happened to you. I heard, a, I heard a scream over from there. I got a little bit worried. It's someone fine. Someone might have been it's messing around okay. with Thaco. Yeah, the, the, I guess the theft plan is not going to work. My current idea, and I think our best shot, is to go with... Tumblestorm's plan, which was to make things go so well that, you know, they're going to thrust us into saying what they can't talk about. All right, then. Uh, if you need to, I can get your thieves anywhere in there you want. Uh, I need them in the front. Them roped off. Yep, we need right. them in the front. Now, just for the two of you, I could also go fetch the rest of your team, but, uh... Yeah, let's... Do, do you want to get in this yeah. together, or do you want to spread here, out? Hops, hey, what everyone, do you think? out of the way, out of the way. We got, we got, we got, we got someone who works here, here. Come on, spread out, spread out. Here's some voucher for some corn dogs. Here, take them and run. And I'll, like, go in there as she's leading you in the tent, and, like, he literally just bribes some people to give up their seats. A powerful bribe. Corn dogs. Do you, Hobbs, do you think strong. it's better for us to spread Don't out? Don't tell them, or... but the corn dogs are a day old. Hobbs, should we spread out, or should we all coalesce in the front? I'm not 100% sure. I may be able to get a little more range here, though, uh, and I am going to cast Unseen Servant. Ooh. All right. What does and that kind if... of manifest as for you? Um, I, I think it is, like, my chest kind of rattles and some of the, like, mossy spores leak out of it and dissipate into the air, um, into Cause gonna, a... Because I was going to say, like, the original spell is, like, the, like, a puppet handle with, like, loose string attached to it or something like that. So, like, that, that could be, like, really cool, like, if you, like, pulled something like that out and you, like, summon the spores and create, like, an invisible, like, marionette or something. Yeah, a, a bit of string and a bit of wood. Yeah, it just kind of like shackles off of me and little, you know, everything kind of dangles. I mean, I'm wood, so I can yeah. pluck and prune. I think yeah, it yeah. would be good for Astarok to be in the front with me. So we gotta get him. Hey, you three over there. Uh, we got good seating in the front if you want to sit up there. It looks like the two of you can't even really see that well. He looks down at the two small creatures who are, like, literally buried behind crowds of people. I guess so. I say, I say Philo, Estrak, and I are front team, and Hobbs and Tor are back team. This is just your You guys want, you guys, I think they're talking over there. You want me to, it's getting really loud in here. I'm really sorry about that. You want me to take you, the three of you down, or are you comfortable here? Or nods. 
Yeah. Okay, I don't know what that means. Can you <laughs> hear cool. me? I uh, go up towards Burley and be like, I'll come with you. Alright. What about the two of you? You want? Yeah, I can carry you if you want. Yeah. I'm All right, tired. Hop on. He like lowers his bugbear swingy arms. <sighs> and he just picks you up underneath. Very strong. Very burly. My really knees are quite what they We are part be. of the Bugbear Appreciation Club. As uh, Amanda, the two of you are talking, you just see uh, Ostrock and Philo just lowered down on either side of you. Hello. So, As if from the sky. What's the plan? It's two so, Bugbear arms dripped up to the ceiling. We need this. We need this to go unimaginably well. I am mm. a little unsure of if Kettle Stream is with us or not. So. We're gonna be up here, and if anything, we can intervene quickly. Thankfully, you two have the type of magic where, when used the right way, can help avert crises. Um, so that's what we're gonna need you for. We're gonna oh. be on damage control, and we're gonna be reacting to the situation. Okay. Hmm. All right. And you'll, you two can do great, I know it. I will warn you, I, I've only got enough magic to like fend for myself, and that's about it. I have a couple of tricks up my sleeve. Alright then. So is the plan to sit near the front while the uh, crowning of the Witchlight Monarch begins? We have maybe like one person in the back still, just for safety. At least. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll be near the back. Um, right. I'll be able to move up with you all with my Unseen Servant. Okay. Um, nice. So you just kind of like look to an empty seat with some floating moss spores in it. <laughs> yeah, you guys see some sweaty cheek marks on the bench <laughs> next to y'all. They're in spirit. He's Paul, nervous, it's his first stand, day. Is your plan to stand near like the entrance of it, or are you planning to go up the bleachers to the standing room? Uh, I'm going to kind of go up the bleachers to get a better survey of the area, and right, if then. anything starts screwing off i think i have enough range on my spells to uh cause yep. cause some within, things to go 60 feet, you're chaotically 60, right you're within 60 feet of the uh of the uh of the yeah. of, of of the thing so that's fine um now you literally go like maybe 40 feet away all right then we see a spectator is takes their seats in the big top and as the lights begin to sort of dim, you see like some pixies fluttering to the top of the uh, space and begin sort of adjusting the lantern so the lights go dim. And we see as a single light sort of shines in the direction of the sort of like back sort of entrance area. And there's like a do 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 And you hear a tiny little rat. You see a tiny little rat scurry into the middle of like a podium and go to the top of the podium to where Gentlemen. a little to where like a little co a little cone is like set up, kind of like a microphone would be. And you hear a very deep voice ring out. Ladies and gentlemen, creatures of man, creatures of fae. Welcome to the final ceremony of the Witchlight Carnival. Dun dun dun. You hear like a little, you see like the little uh, rat orchestra. Literally, it's literally like there's a tiny little orchestra section tapered off inside the massive like pit of the big top, kind of comically so. And as you hear the, the, the MC rat say, we had a great time here today, but of course all great things need to come to a 
stunning conclusion. And one person sitting in this crowd contributed more kindness, more joy than any other. And because of that, we would like to begin from the closing remarks. But first, a word from the man who keeps the gears of this carnival running, Mr. Witch. And you see a uh, kind of parting from the crowd. First, you see walking out uh, Durlagron, the displacer beast with the uh, butterfly wings as she comes striding out. She has like some more like uh, dress up butterfly wings along her tail, but you see like the big ones seem to flap unimaginably so. You do notice like, you do kind of like from this angle hob see that there are tiny straps onto the wings, but the way the wings move looks like they're alive. And not just like costume wings like Tor wears. And as you see, she walks out, stepping behind in a very brisk pace, inspecting a pocket watch before closing it and tucking it into his lapel, is an elf. Similar, you saw, to Mr. Witch of, or Mr. Light, with having sort of very pale, kind of dark grayish skin. Like no elf that you had seen before. Shadar Kai, making his way out into this center space. And as he's kind of like walking forward and the music has kind of stopped and it's just a spotlight following him as he makes his way to the podium and the one rat so he scurries off into the darkness. You see as he steps up onto uh, the, the podium and you see like all the wood like creaks underneath of him because he is a very heavy looking man with a big top hat and, and dressed very, very, very dapper. And as he stands and you can literally hear the wood creaking around, you hear a voice say, Well then. It would appear that we have quite a crowd from this land. I appreciate you all coming and paying your patronage to this carnival. It has been my dream for quite some time to run a business like this. To provide homes for all of our workers, to provide opportunities for all to express themselves in a way much of the world denies us. It is truly an honor serving as the taskmaster of this carnival. And while my people do not experience emotions in the same way you do. I can say that the joy that is brought to me each day through Witchlight is one that I would never trade for anything else in the world. So thank you, and let us begin. And there's just kind of a cheering from the come from the crowd. Do you guys participate in the cheering? Yeah. You see Candlefoot the mime uh, begin making his way upwards as you see like he's going around a little bit. And uh, you see he's got like a little bit like of a band on his finger that he's like showing to everyone that everyone like kind of cheers a little bit, indicating that he's been claimed as well. You see, you, you see Mr. Witch like walk up to him and like grab his hand and they kind of like shake it and you can just faintly hear from the edge of the microphone. You hear a uh, congratulations. Candlefoot passes him a box. Can I make some sort of check here? Is yep. Candlefoot wearing... Like the necklace at all? Roll me a perception check. Perception. As a nine. Uh, not that you can see. However, you do see that Candlefoot is like looking around a little bit, and you see Mr. Witch like look around a little suspiciously as he pops out his watch and begins sort of inspecting that, whatever sort of contents are inscribed onto it. And he squints, and the two of them kind of like exchange some words. And then they look upwards as you see tumbling outwards into like a somersault before standing up a little bit wobbly is Mr. Light, seeming to be maybe a, t a few seconds late to Mr. Witch's uh, 
obvious dismay. This man likes to keep things as a ticking clock. And you see as Mr. Uh, Light uh, tumbles a little bit and uh, begins to sort of do these cartwheels across the floor of the big top, you hear Mr. Witch say, Introducing my longtime business partner, Mr. Light. And you see that Mr. Light like stands forward and goes to like pick up the crown and says, stepping up to the microphone, nothing. And then he speaks into the microphone again. And then he goes to inspect it like it, it like it's mute. And then Ooh. he tries to say to to him a little bit. And then he starts feeling around on his body. Uh, and you I, see that he does not have that vein that he's always carrying. I yeah. am going to, uh, from the back, uh, in the shadows, I'm going to pull out my mm-hmm. inherited just, just, ch- chisel. Yeah, I, I and... want to... I want to, I, as you're talking, I just want to say, like, we cut to you as, like, the crowd has kind of fallen a bit silent. Murmuring has begun to sort of, like, disperse between as people begin asking questions. What's going on? Is this, like, some sort of, like, act that's been going on? Maybe it's, like, that thing, like, Candlefoot. Maybe it's, like, a game that they're passing around. And yeah. people are kind of concerned and excited. Some people are, like, really laughing at, like, what's happening, unaware of what might be happening. And, and we see you as you pull out your chisel. Yeah, I am going to uh, carve myself in the visage of Mr. Light, and from the back of the crowd, I'm going to say, Oh, look! I fooled you all again! I'm back here! And I'm going to start walking down the bleachers towards uh, center stage. Ho, ho, ho! I'm going to be, like, high-fiving people as I I pass them. I want you... Let me just check your sheet real quick. Yeah. I want you to roll me. I want you to roll me a performance check with advantage. That's one dirty twenty and one twenty-four. Whoa! So. <laughs> so as you speak out to there, there is like a a, a a definitive hush throughout the crowd. Even Mister Light, who was looking a little bit impatient as his watch, like looks up at you, very surprised. Or Mister Witch uh, looks up at you, very surprised, and and Mister Light, who is like standing in front of the podium. Who who's looking very very worried looks up at you, and just a big grin goes over his face, like a yeah. big look of like not quite like he's not stressed anymore, but he realizes what's happening, or he he he, he at the very least like realizes maybe maybe yeah. not all is lost. Yeah, I'm gonna deliver like a, a a wink, and I'm gonna call out to the crowd: faints within faints within faints, tricks within tricks. Everybody loves the so carnival. Keep and going. I'm like fucking kissing babies as I'm running like down the aisle. <laughs> yeah, you and know, then, like all you're that going stuff. And you start hearing like Marwa's like, wait a minute, the guy down there, he's actually the log guy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, so many tricks, so much fun. And once I get down to them, uh, away from the mic, I'm going to gesture to the real Mr. Light, like, hey, go take care of your shit. And then he, like, I'm kind gonna of gestures to it, and like he he like pleads his hands together, and he he uh let me actually check something real quick. Uh, he he does a bit of a bow, and he disappears into shadowy smoke as he uses his blessing of the Raven Queen. Oh, uh, away! Oh yeah! Oh, I wanted to okay. tell him one more thing. Okay. Uh, oh, what were you okay. trying to say to him? Oh, I just wanted to like point out my crew as like point of contact, like they'll help these people, good kind of thing. I'm, as this is happening, as I kind of realize what's happening, I'm going to slip off to the back in order to help Mr. Light. 
All right, everybody, where were we? Um, you hear uh, Mr. Witch uh, say to you, I don't know what you're playing at, but we still need the vein. Oh, the vein. I'm going to, like, pat my chest and, like, kind of, like, very theatrically, you know, like, Pull up, pull up in my, you know, jacket and everything. And maybe if some big, strong person picked me up and shook me upside down, it'd fall out of me. Seeing Someone who was yeah. very burly. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like, the, the, the all of you who are, like, sitting, like, near the front, like, watching this happen, just look on the other side of, like, the occupied seat where the, the unseen servant is, and you just see Burly, who's been sitting with all of you, just go... <sighs> And he stands up and cracks his back. <laughs> and just starts mopingly walking out. You and he just like literally a big, big lanky bugbear stride steps over, steps over the, the, the fence. And he walks forward and puts on a bit of a smile. Like, I gotta put on a smile. I was supposed to work this event. And as he uh, makes his way outwards, um, he stands forward and, he's, and he just kind of like whispers to you where it can't be heard from everyone. So you want me to like pick you up and shake you? Yes, just shake me. Upside what happened down. to the vein? What's what's going on? What 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 the hell? I don't Man. know. I believe he's, it he's was taking you up as like he's saying this and shaking you upside down. I <laughs> believe it was. What do you have on your inventory? Steam. What do you have on your inventory? Uh, okay. In my inventory, uh, a bell falls out, a, a blanket, some block and tackle, a candle, all my carpenter's tools, <laughs> a drum, here. a mirror. <laughs> Some oil, you know, like a rope. When it comes out at such of a pace, it's just I was, I was like, I was like, okay, well, I was, I was wondering, like, okay, so Mr. The Mr. Things that Mr. Light would carry on. No, wait, that he's not Mr. Light. Oh, just your stuff falls out of you. He's <laughs> like, you got a lot of stuff in you. Um, well, they're like why, doing that and like, you know, yeah, entertaining the crowd, I guess. Can I and whoever else in the party like wants to come along, like go to the staff area to try? I was going to kind of cut yeah, to all was, of you, like right now. I was sneaking thing, back. Things are going wrong, a little bit, but they have kind of been stalled at the moment. That gives you all an opportunity to sort of like band together as Hobbs kind of rodeo clowns. Mm-hmm. I'm sneaking off the back and finding Mr. Light, and the first thing and the first thing I want to do is to just be like, I'm here to help. So all of you are going to say, like, as this has been happening for a little bit, and as, like, the shaking begins, all of you have kind of picked yourselves up as Burley had gone up, and you begin sort of making your way through as people just fill in the seats you left behind. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, someone, like, bumps into something invisible that just stands up and follows all of you. <laughs> the floating wisps of moss. And, uh, yeah, we see, like, as all of you, like, through a little bit of a distraction following uh, Tor's lead, as you see, standing near, like, the back entrance, a halfling girl currently in the process of stretching her shoulder at like a rather nauseating perspective to you mm. and she looks up at Tor and says oh it's you what are you doing in the big top I thought that you were still working sideshow gigs I work in a whole carnival miss ah right you're still kind of working as one of those hands who go around cleaning up baby vomit if you need to, I can go ahead and ask one of the other people to go pick up a bucket. I can pick up my own bucket. Thank you very much. Um, well, unfortunately, 
you're not allowed back here because like you're not working the shift so you know you can oh. go ahead and tell all your little friends you're trying to get backstage access to to just kind of you know go you're somewhere else Here's the one who only has your contortionist show. I'm the one who's working the whole carnival, and I am allowed to be back. Roll me, just roll me a straight charisma check versus a straight charisma check from her. A lot of vibe. Vibe check. Vibe check. Vibe check. This check. is a vibe competition. Oh my charisma's bad. Oh, that's a five. Oh no. Oh no. She rolled a four. <laughs> <laughs> so she, so you two are kind of at a bit of a stalemate, and she's just. Yeah, I heard that there was, like, a little bit of an accident back there. You should probably go clean that up before, you know, someone gets mad. Because, like, it's kind of your job to go deal with stuff like that. Yeah, I will make sure this thing runs well. No thanks. Yeah. Cool. Have fun, because you're going to be doing it the rest of your life. And she'll oh, just I'll let you through. have tons of fun. She'll, like, let you through as she just <laughs> kind of is chewing on a piece of bubble gum and blows a little bubble. <laughs> and all of you, like, walk past that encounter. She, like, closes the curtain behind you. As you are making your, as you are kind of like in the front back area of like, there's like a few curtained off areas, mm-hmm. but you are or, kind of like in a small little tented stomping. hallway. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can I be on and the lookout it, for kettle steam? Okay, I was gonna say if anyone wants to comment on that um, or ask about that, you're welcome to. Or does everyone just kind of stay silent? What's their problem? Where's kettle steam? I think kettle steam is actually trying to ruin the show. She's take, I think she's taking the big stick. You know the yes, one that Burley was telling us about the 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 vein. Yeah, the vein. Hold up. Hold I'm up. gonna go. I'm gonna go I check think... on Mr. Light, and you guys need to help find it. Amanda, what if she's trying to disrupt the show so that we can save the day, so that we look like the good guys? I have absolutely no idea, but we're gonna need to hide. We're gonna need to find her and the vein. I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna go see if I can get anything out of Mr. Light. It's gonna be hard in his condition. So but we're, only, we're gonna need everyone's help. All right, as you see that happening, like you see like a curtains get thrown back as you see stumbling inside is a very, very panicked looking, very silent uh, Shadarkai dressed as a clown who like looks drastically both ways and sees you and just kind of runs down. And like he mouths it like, are you here to help? We're here to and help. He puts his hands together. And just pleadingly prays, like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're missing your vein, yeah? And he begins, like, kissing your shoe. (laughs) Okay, enough theatrics, we're backstage, let's get going. He looks at you, like, a little bit hurt, like, what are you talking about? This is what I'm always like. Oh, no! He dusts himself off. I don't don't mean it in a bad way. And and he, like, he's like, I'm so sorry, I didn't want you to think, like, it's a bad way. It's all my fault. (laughs) All right, we don't have to tell us this, we need to get... We have questions. <laughs> I want all of you to go ahead and roll me a perception check. Alright, oh, I'm not going to natural 20! That was Ooh, my first 14. roll of this session, well. too. Nice. Okay. So, as all of you uh, begin making your way through, I'm going to say Ostrock is the one who picks up on it. A sound of, of noise kind of coming from this one area, and you see, like, there's, like, a lot of acts going around. There's, like, people looking very concerned. People start, like, walking up to, like, Mr. Light. Like, what's what's going on? Everything's supposed to be, like, working as clockwork. We reviewed the thing. This wasn't part of the act. Are you trying something new? How did Mr. Witch let you change up the ceremony? And people are going about, and he's just kind of, like, nodding and shaking his head and just kind of pointing to them to, like, go do something else as he, like, wraps his arms all around you because he's a very lanky dude. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of, like, shuffling you all along to the sound that Ostrock is kind of pointing at. And it's kind of like leading to like a back like wooden closet installed. 
kind of like a shipping crate, kind of, made out of wood. Uh, and you kind of hear like a sound of like bumping coming from behind there. Like the shifting of like furniture or something. All right. And it's like a little bit out of the way, not directly in the line of sight of like everyone else. Past like a whole them. bunch of like lockers where yeah. cast keep their stuff. I hear something over there. I think I think she's that way. All right, let's and, go. And you come to like the single door, you know, which I don't think Taurus really had too much experience with this exact part, but you imagine it's probably like some sort of like storage area. Okay. And we cut back to Hobbs. As you are currently in the process and like the last of your woodworking equipment falls out and you're, you're beginning to sort of run short on uh, drawers to open up inside of you. <laughs> <laughs> and you see a Mr. Witch is looking like very impatient right now. And Mr. Burley says like, something's gotta happen. I don't got, I don't got too many good ideas right now. Ah. <sighs> Well, Mr. Witch, what do we have for our opening ceremony? What do we have planned for all these folks? Oh, God. He, he kind of says, uh, he kind of says into the microphone, I got a little bit of an idea. Bit of a spectacle. I'm not usually one to change up the script, but I suppose I'll have to for this situation. Oh, and you big old grump. As all of you open up the, that back room and you see inside of like this sort of like hay strewn area where you see like a whole bunch of like old like festival banners wrapped up against the wall, old signs stacked against it, hay kind of scattered across the floor and tied to a chair is a figure in his boxers, very heavily sit, Shadow Kai. Who looks a lot like the person in the big top. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and Mr. Light just pushes out of the way and begins running up and uh you you see like he's got like a gag around his mouth, like a and like a sock stuffed into it. And Mr. Light like pulls it off and you hear a voice say, Bah! What 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 the bloody hell happened? I fell asleep and woke up here. Oh no, so he doesn't know where the vein is. Wait, he was replaced. We need to get him out there. We can extend the show. Are you okay running out in your boxers? Um, you can see, like, Mr. Light is in the process of, like, untying him. As Mr. Mr. Light's the dressed up one, but Mr. Witch is the one with the voice. <laughs> um, and it's, like, taking, like, a minute. And, like, all of you, like, realize, like, wait a minute. Who's out there? Right. I know who's out there, <laughs> I think. It's Kettlestein. She can put people to sleep. She can take their voice. She can shapeshift. But how does how does Mr. Wish still have his voice? Oh, God damn it! It's, <sighs> it's, it's that dreadful Kanku. Wait. Okay. Insight. Wait a insight. If I'm insight. in here. Maybe. I'm maybe here, because. And Mr. Light's here. She's running the big top by herself. Hobbs is out there trying to continue the show. I don't know who you are, or why I'm here, or what's been going on, but I need your help to save the show. Untie me, faster! You use a knife. There's literally like a knife on the ground right now. And I start chewing through the rope. And he like turns around, and and there's like a knife just like stuck against the wall. And Mister Light goes up and grabs it, and just kind of awkwardly begins sawing. (laughs) Goddamn thing! Took my pocket watch. Oh shoot! Has the pocket watch? What's the pocket watch do? It runs everything on time, and I don't know if she can access all of its powers, but... <sighs> we know she has it. 
And as all of you are beginning to sort of gather there, like like you you, you managed to untie Mr. Witch. Mr. Light seems very very panicked right now, and and at the moment they, Mr. Light's like trying to speak, but like all of his improvising just cannot be communicated as clearly as he wants it to be, and I Mr. Have yeah. and like he could write it down, but he's having he's slow to communicate his improvisation ideas because he's always the one who's good at thinking on his feet. Meanwhile, uh, Mr. Witch is is underdressed and not entirely sure really how to react. And Mr. Witch looks at you and says, "I don't have a contingency for this. What do we do?" I have an idea on how to get the watch. Tor, how would you like to take how, Tor? How would you like to take center stage? I was literally just thinking of that. <laughs> You go out there, you put on the show, and in the process, you swipe that watch. There's an acrobat. I know you're good with your fingers. I remember you. You're not exactly trained as an acrobat, but can you hold on to a swing? I, I'm sure I can. I do actually, uh, yes, I can. All right. Um, what about the rest of you? This is kind of the part where you've got to kind of come up with a way of stopping Kettle Steam before she does whatever she's going to do to ruin the carnival. We definitely need to swipe the watch. And you see, like, Mr. Witch offers, like, you could probably get in through the acrobat's entrance. Yeah, I'll do what that then. What, what do all of you, well, you have a minute to come up with a plan? It's possible that Astra can help you with his tongue, because he can grab things. He can sweep down, and in the process, Astra just <gasps> absolutely lashes out there. Yes, oh. he's Gosh, imagine what the audience would think of that. <laughs> That's something. Yeah, you see uh, Mr. Witch, like, pulls out a chalkboard and, like, flips it around and kind of begins sort of, like, drawing a big... He, like, reaches behind and he pulls out, like, a very big birdcage on wheels that looks, like, old, like it was used for, like, an act, like, years ago and has just been in storage since. Mm -hmm. And kind of, like, does, like, a thing and kind of, like, draws, like, a saloon in, like, a western town uh, and, and draws, like, a picture of, like a, like, a little cartoon image of, like, some sort of, like, law enforcement individual with, like, a little gun on their hip <laughs> and a little star. And like gestures towards all of you like he's trying to communicate an idea. Okay. You sure. want and he draws a bunch of smiley faces. <laughs> you want us to like pretend to detain him, but actually He's not wrong. If we just go out there and, and we make it look like there's a fight out there, people are gonna get worried. We gotta make it look like it's part of the show. Yeah, we have to make it funny, like like an act. Like Good thing we still got that Cowboys. comically large bird cage. I really miss those uh, Aarakocra performers. We can put the bird in the cage. <laughs> and, 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 oh, I know what we can do. I take off I take off my little cap and give Tor like my little like kind of like Baker Street like little cloak. You do a detective <laughs> show. Uh, I, 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 I think someone else should wear the cloak. I don't want to be hindered by end up going on the on the trapeze. All right, we've got Philo. Oh dear. All right, any ideas on what you can do? Well, I can use my magics to ensure that whatever we want to happen can pretty much go off without a hitch. I have foreseen the future that whatever is happening is going to work. You got you got a good portent? I have an 18 left. So an 18 uh, okay. plus your ability mods. It's a pretty good chance that'll work. That is a pretty good chance. Do we want all of us on stage or just those two? And then two of us can work in the back. I mean, what? Our, our... I, was, I was gonna say, it sounds like Tor and Ostrock want to go through the acrobat's entrance and try yeah. to like, swing onto the scene. There's still a question yeah. of the birdcage, who's 
Who's who's the sheriff or the 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 police person in the town? I could yeah. be the sheriff. I mean, I literally have the, the documents. <laughs> <laughs> You're already dressed like an insect, so like yeah. you, you could totally pull it off. You see, like, uh, you and Ms. Philo could go on together with Philo as with with Philo as my lovely assistant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Quite lovely like, indeed. I'm also gonna say like Mr. Witch is like also wearing like a white tank top and shorts underneath, so. He's only he's only slightly indecent, even though very very <laughs> underdressed compared to how he always dresses. Right. Um, there's no time. I need to put myself out there like this, I guess. You can make it part right. of the show. You can always spin it as a joke. I mean, Milo's basically and dressed Mr. like Mr. Mr. Witch is like looking. Things. Mr. Light's looking really excited about this prospect, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just shaking his head back and forth. Lead the way. So it sounds like Ostrock and Tor are going up top. Amanda is going to try to enter from the back and is going to pretend to be the policeman. And then Philo, what's how's Philo going out there? Is Philo staying behind the scenes? I think Philo is just kind of peeking out from behind the curtain, working magic. Okay, yeah, I can be like backup. And the lights. All right. Yes. Uh, you Dramatic see, like spotlight. as he's going out, even though he doesn't have the pocket watch on him, Mister Witch is like in the process of like giving very concise instructions. We're gonna need to go. We're going to need to see a B formation on the lights. Uh, we're gonna need to send up some of the acrobats on top. I need everything to go off without a hitch. Here are the layout plans. Everyone get into positions. Hands on ropes. Hammers on stakes. Let's go. All right. I'll just grab a, a struck. <laughs> All right. And the two of you have to like, begin climbing. Okay. Yeah. I will say, like, as you are climbing, there are, like, a pair of acrobats up there who are in the process of, like, being very, very concerned, sort of, like, sitting down crisscross applesauce on, like, the topmost banner. And you have to, like, climb, like, 60 feet of ladder to get there. And you see, yeah. like, it's uh, two elves that look identical to each other, and both of them have masks that they're not wearing. One of them is a moon, and the other one is a sun. Ooh. Um, you would recognize these tour. These are a pair of acrobats that are very popular with the carnival. <laughs> if, if, if we pretended to be, like, you know, with the whole, like, starting to do an act of this person pretending to be that person, that pretending to be that person, it would help with the act if we pretended that we were them. Obviously, okay. I, I think we were actually them, but it would go with the act. Sure. We can I'll, their I'll take the moon mask. All right, I'll take the sun mask. When we get there and ask them politely. As you make your way upwards, you see that uh, one of them in the process, Gleam, steps forward and says, oh, what, what, what's, what's going up there? I just got, got word that there's a change of, of, of plans. Have you ever been on one of these things before? She's like gesturing to like one of the tied up acrobatic swings. No, but there's a first time for everything. How does Ostrock feel about heights? Um, <laughs> he's not comfortable with heights, gotta say. Do you like lean a little bit forward to kind of see what's below like the lip underneath the swing? And you see that you are literally like 60 feet above the ground. Okay. And so... there's just like a swing that's just draped over. Oh. Ooh, I got you. All right, so you're going to hold my legs? <sighs> like, Ostrock, like, I'm going to tell you, you cannot physically push yourself off this ledge. Maybe someone else could if you hold very still. Oh. Well, if Ostrock holds on to me and the other acrobats push us off. Meanwhile, down below, what are all of you doing? You see, like, in the process, uh, the giant brass bird cage is currently being polished by, like, six witchlight hands with, with like, a steel wool. <laughs> all right. So, the plan is to get in there and, you know, kind of make it, like, a whole thing of trying to catch, catch Mr. Witch. Well, 
quote unquote Mr. Witch in the bird cage. Get it? Because yeah. Mr. Witch is actually a bird? You see, uh, as, as that's happening, you see a, uh, kind of halfling figure go, Hey, 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 uh, Mr. Witch, Mr. Light, you know, you know all that toff, that, uh, that caramel that went missing earlier? Yeah, for some reason, someone lined it up all underneath the bleachers right now. And, and I cannot for the life of me understand why. It's gonna get all over the crowd, make them all sticky. It's, no one's gonna enjoy being sticky. Alright, someone will need to prevent that from happening. And you see, like, he's carrying over, like, a bit of a barrel that has, like, what looks like a fuse attached to the top of it. And you hear Mr. Witch go, The Raven Queen herself. She's got the whole big top rig to blow. Hmm. We're gonna... Do you think we're gonna need to take this show outside? It's no time. We gotta stop her before she can hit the trigger. Alright. And, like, you see, like, uh, maybe in the process, Hobbs, like, even though you're upside down being shaken by Burly at the moment... Not an easy way to get a hold of it. Not clued into what's happening. You do see, like, Mr. Witch is, like, in the process of pulling out, like, a small, like, little little magical device from underneath his uh, pocket. Like a little, imagine, like, a stick with a button on top with, like, a little lid. Uh, oh, what is that? Is that lipstick for me? Uh, and I am going to attempt, attempt you're, to... You're, you're, like, 10, 15 feet away at this point. Like, you are incapacitated. You yeah, are... Let me down, Burley. Burley, drop me. Burley, actually, don't drop me. Take me over to Mr. Witch. He's, like, about to sit you down, and then he goes to start being able to carry you. Uh, Is it you, time to start the show? But he's, like, in the process of speaking to everyone in the audience and says, I do really appreciate everything that you've done this evening, being able to attend... And before we crown the Witchlight Monarch, I have a special gift that I would like to show you on behalf of how grateful we are that all of you have come to this carnival. And as you Wait, can are I run, can we run, doing that, can we run out? Well, here's the thing is like at this point, the plan goes off and we're going to need to roll some stuff and check in on like what exactly is happening. Hobbs is too slow to, or and not clued in to sort of deal with what that trigger is. Mm-hmm. But Amanda, you catch a glimmer of it as you just see a faint bit of a shimmer underneath the hand from your perspective, like through the, the angle of the light. And you can see like a bird hand underneath the uh, illusory elf hand. And what do you do? What's the first part of this, this plan? Run out. Oh no, trickster, cease. There's a loose bird and we have to catch it before going any further. This is going to be... Hold on one second. I'm going to say that this is going to be a... I'm going to call it a deception check. Yes! Finally, what I am built for. Yeah, we'll call this a deception check. All right. 13 plus 4, that is a 17. All right. And you see, like, as that, like, speaks outwards. And you're, like, wearing... I imagine they probably gave you, like, a very, like, comically, like, high trench coat or something like that. Mm -hmm. And as uh, you are running out like imposter, full diamond jack, uh, as we see that you are uh, sort of like standing there as you like glint a bit of a trilby and your little moth wings like flur off the back as they cut little slits in the back of this trench coat so your wings could be revealed. And everyone like is confused like what is going on. And then you see all the lights shine upwards to the top where there is a a Harrington and a uh, leotard with with their legs sort of crossed around the waist of a star-speckled Gripply. How thankful our Feywild friends have come to catch the trickster! And you see, like, 
Kettlesteam, as Mr. Witch, is like looking around confused and is beginning to look up. Uh, and you see, like, roll me, roll, I want both Tor and Ostrock to roll me a perception check real quick. Okay. As you see, like, these two elves are about to, like, shove you off. That's a 13. That one. <laughs> May I say, with no harnesses. 13? Oh, yep, 13. <laughs> and Tor, what did you spell? Roll? That one. You don't see anything, Tor, but Ostrock, as you are being pushed off, you notice, like, as the, the just the angle of the light, the elf wearing, the elf twin wearing the sun mask does seem to cast a shadow, but the one in the moon mask does not. And before you really have much of a chance to process that, you just kind of see Tor pick themselves off as it's like swinging. It's got like a bit of a peg because it's designed to sort of like after swinging the first time, sort of unfold a little bit and swing lower the second time. And you see like swinging through the air, following it with spotlights by little pixies in the top is Ostrock and Tor. And I want uh, the two of you to roll me I want I want Tor to roll me an acrobatics check. Just Tor. Yeah, because he's the one holding. And remember, Philo, you are like within. Are, are you standing out next to Amanda, or are yeah, you I'm, I'm just behind the curtain there. Ah, like... uh, you're you're the little man behind the curtain. I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay then. Um, and yeah, I'll make sure this goes off without here? a hitch. All right. What okay. does Tor roll? Tor rolls at 18 plus your ability mods. What? So what are your you decks? Just an acro- you just rolled an acrobatics check, but you got an 18 because Philo said you did. If Oh, okay. Okay. Plus my ability mod, does that bring mm-hmm. 24? Thank you. Oh. What would it have been otherwise? Eight. Oh. <laughs> like Philo, <laughs> like you literally two. like see this going wrong. You see it like hitched and you just literally like see the two of them like coming Thank loose you. and creating like two Looney Tunes shaped holes in the back of the tent as they get flung into the abyss. And you like see like that future and you just very delicately manipulate the threads of time to a a, a, a a variation in which Tor, as it becomes loose under the second uh, grapple, or it's like as Tor reaches for like the second swing and it comes dislodged as like a little sprite like cuts 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 the break. Uh, you see as it swings down at a lower angle now. Ostrak, I want you to go ahead and roll. What are you trying to grab? You see like there is the trigger in the hand, which I would say you are clued into. There is also like the pocket watch, which is visible. Yep. You don't see the vein on you, but I think I'm gonna go for the trigger. Okay then. Right, Actually, you know what? I've, I've got a better idea. Just I'm I'm gonna let a few things happen. I just want you to go ahead and roll an attack roll against Kettlesteam. All right. Proficiency. Roll well. Roll decks. well. And because and because they are technically surprised by all this. I oh. want you to roll me with advantage. Oh, thank God! I was, I was, tr- I, at some point, I wanted to guidance myself, but I forgot about that. We can say that happened as you were preparing to do it. So add your d4. Oh, that was two thirteens. So plus four. That's seventeen plus a d4. Another four. Let's go. Twenty-one. Yeah. Twenty-one. You see, like as you grab a hold of of her, you literally like wrap your tongue around like a lasso pick her up and like in the process Amanda you end up having like step out of the way as just a couple of you see uh actually Carney in the process of pushing the cage forward in the direction and you see like as the door swings open both Hobbs you see yourself just dropped and you see uh Burley hit the deck as well to avoid getting getting (laughs) just completely pendulumed by Tor and Ostrak as Ostrak, your tongue just goes up, wraps around itself, and picks Kettlesteam up in the air. And you see, like, for a moment, she tries to, like, flap her arms as if to fly. 
but obviously she's a Kanku and doesn't have wings. <laughs> oh. And as that happens, you see like a uh, Carney <laughs> pushes forward and is a bit too slow to get out of the way as the, the cage door is open, Kettle Steam goes inside. You see that uh, the pocket watch goes flying one way, the witch light vein actually like flies out of the jacket and goes another way. And the trigger like is spinning in the air as like the lid of it where it exposes the button goes off and there's a chance that it may strike the button as it goes down. As you see Kettle Steam get thrown into the cage and as we all see that happen, the illusion sort of like gets disrupted and you see that there is now a sort of Kenku wearing Mr. Witch's clothes uh, inside of the cage. We see as uh, both Cora and Ostrock as you release, I imagine I imagine you release her after. Yeah, that's throwing her in the my cage. tongue into a cage. <laughs> As you are swung upwards into the air and uh, land against the far side of the wall, uh, as like you're on like another balcony where you uh, the it looks like both the elves had managed to like slide down poles and are like able to sort of catch you like out of the spotlight. So it's like you two just disappeared. And as that happens, you see Mr. Witch, big heavy body that the the, the tank top doesn't quite cover, <laughs> just kind of running upwards, big big moves. Uh, just is, is like running forward and picks his hat off the ground that fell off of Kettle Steam and like positions it onto his head, picks up the pocket watch um, and steps forward and gives you all a nod. And as he like steps out with like his sort of like striped shorts, everyone just begins laughing. Everyone is having a wonderful time. But as that is happening, there's a of the trigger <gasps> near Amanda's feet. I... And you need to roll me a dexterity saving throw as you see it's about to land. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Come, come on, come on, come on. 30, 20. We see as you literally like softball stop, skid across the ground, getting your face completely thrown up with uh, pit sand. As you reach forward and you just catch literally two inches off the ground, the big red button. And you close the, cap, the clasp and you roll onto your back and you breathe like a heavy sigh. As you see Kettle Steam like run forward and start shaking against the bars of the cage as you see a single key turn and Carney says, no, 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 we're having a talk later. And you see like the, the act sort of uh, continues a little bit. And you hear as Mr. Uh, light pops the cork off of uh, a little bottle and you see a bit of like silver light go into his nose and mouth. And he speaks out and says, well, dear, oh dear, oh dear, it would appear that we have nearly been foiled by an illustrious trickster, an act that has been following us for many, many weeks at this carnival. But, may I say, <laughs> as all great crime sprees begin, they must all come to an end and give it up to our illustrious heroes for bringing about and our crowning detective. For solving this case and cracking it wide open. And Mr. Witch would then say, And if I'm not mistaken, I think your little friend, Mr. Light, has something to say about our detective as well. And you see as uh, Mr. Light reaches into like the box that is like now on the ground. Or no, it's actually still being held by Candlefoot. Who's just been watching this entire exchange like, Oh dear, no, this, is, this isn't good picks up the crown and you hear a voice say, 
We were going to announce it before, but we just could not seem to find our daring investigator on the case. But it would appear that we have found our Witchlight Monarch. As you see, the Rat Orchestra picks up. Um, and I will say, just out of fairness to all of you, I was keeping track of happiness points, we'll say, behind the scenes. And it was close between Amanda and Philo and Ostrock, but Amanda just came out a little bit ahead with that final sequence. And we see as everything sort of uh, begins to kind of come to a bit of a climax. The music begins to play. You see Palacia begins sort of singing a joyous song as pixies flutter around her. And you see three sort of happy clowns, not like Thako, begin to sort of like <laughs> prance about putting together glitter. And you hear Mr. Light say, now it is time for us to put on a parade for our closing elements of the carnival. Will you all be my guest and join me for this celebration before we pick it up again tomorrow? <laughs> and everyone is just ecstatic. And Amanda, you are literally like picked up by Burley, put onto his shoulder with the yes! sort of witch-like crown along your head. As Mr. Witch says, I'm going to have to have a conversation with the one who took my clothes. <laughs> but let's just say that you have my attention. And we'll talk once everyone else goes home. Just give a little glance at Kettle, Kettle Steam with like the most like, but just like a shitty and grin like I knew what I was doing. Literally, literally, literally like, <laughs> at, at, literally like a bad guy in, in a cartoon western. Kettle Steam is just huffing in that cage as she is just like. We're down for this 80s movie. <laughs> but there is also like a bit of a nod of respect to you. <laughs> it would appear that I have to play the role I'm given. And as the bad guy is wheeled off by Carney into the back. And, and I hope uh, she gets to hear his voice for a very, very long time because that is torture. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so poetic. As all of you are literally pranced around the night. And it, like, is there any sort of addendum that any of you want to add to like as you're being walked around and celebrated? This is hmm. the happiest Amanda has been in eight years. Aww. Aww. Just using prestidigitation to shoot rainbows and sparks and stuff Aww. as we go around. I really love that too. And like, like, yeah, like people are like generally like having a good time. And like people start asking you if you want a job here. And like, <laughs> you know, we could use some more people for special effects. Well, I mean, I don't really have anywhere else to go except back to my home. And they don't seem to understand my current predicament. And as all of you are beginning to sort of gather about, you go through a sort of night of celebration. Drinks are provided for free. Snacks are thrown about you. Tons of people are sort of celebrating and enjoying the element of the parade. You see, like, kind of like Halloween almost. All the snack shops or all the vending places are now, like, handing out, like, little bits of small wrapped candy and stuff like that in waxed paper. And, like, the kids are, are completely loving it. And generally, like, you see all of the many faces that you've met. You, you see Palasha. You see, uh, in addition to Mr. Witch and Mr. Light, you see uh, Candlefoot. You see, you know, some of the pixies from the Pixie Kingdom flutter about. You see, uh, you actually see Wally the Wonderful kind of like in the crowd too, sort of doing magical like little effects, kind of joining into Philo. He looks a little bit older since you last saw him, but definitely not as old as Philo looks since he last saw <laughs> Philo. And as all of you are sort of gathering about, it is, it's a good time. And as all of you sort of begin to gather and enjoy in the celebration, and as people are beginning to sort of be escorted out of the gate, you see Burley 
approach the five of you as you are completely covered in things like beads and face paint and stickers and little knickknacks and probably pockets full of gummy worms. <laughs> uh, more Early the bugwear approaches you as like people are beginning to sort of be escorted out of the gate by security. And uh, Burley says, hey, uh, did good work tonight. I appreciate you not giving in to some of the temptations I offered. Whatever you did, it really made, really made a big difference. So, uh, as a little bit of a treat, you know, let's just, uh, let's just say that the carnival owners want to speak to you. We would be happy to. <sighs> I need a good conversation in the break. <laughs> That's the most action I've seen for a while. And I work in law enforcement. <laughs> You see, as they guide you towards the back of the thing, Mr. Burley says, Try not to worry. They're actually really happy about what you did today. And as he sort of leads you through that sort of like briar fence, you see a clown sitting on a stool just kind of give you the stink eye as you walk past from like 30 feet away. Once again, another shit-eating grin. (laughs) And you see like as he's like holding what looks like he's carved his big carrot into like the shape of a a little fairy with moth wings and he just slices the head off. (laughs) 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 Only Amanda and Hobbs catch it. Dedication! The dedication! And he literally like stomps the head into the mud. (laughs) Uh, As all of you are walked (laughs) past that scene, some things never change. And all of you are kind of brought to that same wagon that you were kind of fighting outside of earlier. And you see a door open as Mr. Witch and Mr. Light appear within. Let me go ahead and just actually drop you a little bit of an image. As you two see two very happy looking Shadar Kai. Even Mr. Witch with a little bit of a faint grin on his face. As he checks his watch and says, Ah, I appreciate you being right on time. So, everyone sit around. I suppose you've got a couple of questions for us. And I suppose you're owed some answers after what you did for us today. And all of you can kind of like take a seat on like the opposite side of it where Mr. Witch and Mr. Light are sitting next to each other. And all of you can kind of like crowd into like the opposite bench. Cool. Okay. We get cozy. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're supposed to ask questions. And they they now. they they offer you to go first. Ah. <sighs> so, Zibilna. The two of them look at each other. Both of them kind of like the smiles on their face kind of sink a little bit. They both nod at each other and say, "Yes, you are curious about the former patron of this carnival." We need to know where she went. Would you believe me when I say neither of us know exactly where she went? Well. But we know where she is. How and that is? In a place where, if you ask us to, we'll lead you the way there. But I cannot say exactly where in this place she is. Mr. Witch then says, It is a land that this carnival was once designed to be the gatekeepers of. Long ago, there was, a, well, another carnival owner. My, my say, a, a, a mighty, a mighty fine carouser as well, uh, named Yisold. And it was her job to decide who got into this realm of the Bilna and who did not. It's known as Prismere, and it is a wondrous land, a, a land partially within the Feywild, but also not. It's 
bit of its own place, I suppose. And she was the ruler of it. Her will was its way. Oh, and what well. happened? Mr. Witch says, We cannot be entirely sure. But we have been sworn to a degree of secrecy from the new patrons of the carnival. Being new patrons? Yes. Three sisters, in fact, who have simply informed us that the Bilna is out of the picture and that we need to allow them to perform their operations within the carnival. And ex in exchange, they won't trigger the pact we made with Isolde many, many years ago when we exchanged carnivals. Does uh, one of them wear a, a mask? Pig mask. We... Probably one of the agents they employ. You hear Mr. Witch say dreadful, dreadful things. Uh, it's, it looks so much like a little girl and I want to entertain it, but it is clearly not, so I stay far, far away whatever I see it about. That's it. And I cannot interfere, otherwise they'll make us give up the carnival. And we'll have to go back to that dreadful realm of nightmare and shadow. What do you mean, give up the carnival? We made a deal long ago. I suppose we should have made a more permanent deal. But the two of us, we, we are not originally from this realm. We are not even from the realm of the Fae. We are... Oh, uh, what would you say? Shadow Kai. They are, we are uh, blessed by the Raven Queen of the Shadowfell to live in perpetual gloom and never experience any happy thought. And if my personality is in any indication of how I would feel about going back there, please know that neither of us want to give up this carnival. And I'm certain that Isolde doesn't want to give up the carnival that she now operates as well. But we are bound that if our paths cross again, and we've been threatened that by this hourglass coven, as they mark themselves as, to go bad on our word. And if they find out about it, they will see that we cross paths with Isolde's carnival. And uh, I just cannot go back to that dreadful place. I'm sorry. The people there are nice. They deserve happiness. But running a carnival like this, where we can experience joy and ecstasy and make sure that everyone has a good time every night, why there's nothing that makes me happier, nothing more fulfilling in life. And Mr. Witch says, And truthfully, I find that things are more balanced this way. From what I hear, Isolde takes very, very good care of the people in her carnival and fights harshly, even sacrificing elements of herself to see that these needs are fulfilled. I cannot say that we have her strength to remain resolute in the domains of thread. Well, Now you can see why... Yeah, oh. sorry, go on. Well, it seems with that knowledge, the case I came here for is basically solved, and another has opened up. We can help you find Sibylna and bring her back. I suppose that what we are doing is already violating the contract. So I suppose all we can do is count on your aid in seeing that whatever has been taken is forgiven. Because, well, Mr. Witchhop, or Mr. Light Hopson at this point says, they have been doing rather dreadful things. Can you believe it? For, for years now, children coming to the carnival and they just take the things they love, shelter them away and leaving them traumatized for it. <sighs> Dreams, hopes, talents, artistic abilities, all gone. Puts me in moral conflict. How does Amanda, Ostrock, and Philo feel about that? Tor, Hobbs, even. Not great. No. Oh, definitely not great. <laughs> We've yes. been running around here having fun this whole time. These dudes basically bring 
this wherever they go on people. They steal everybody's talents and memories. And it's not I, a good look. I never wanted to see magic again after the first time I came here. When you last came here, did you have a ticket on you? No. Broken. Every visit has its cost, and they see that it is always collected. Huh. It's an interesting way to think of it. That's why that happened to us? I guess so. That's Sorry why. for breaking you guys in through the reindeer. Wow. Do not be worried. We offer a kind carnival, and even during those times, the Bilna was still out and about. But since then, things have gotten more complicated. I suppose we have a favor to ask you. And perhaps it may be fortuitous to you as well, if you are all indeed missing things at this carnival. I can assure you that they, whatever is lost here, finds its way to Prismia, whatever remains of it. It was once a fantastic land, but rumors now say it has fallen into fragments of what it once was. How do we get there? Well, we have a way. Take us. We have a way. A way that, based on an alarm spell I placed on the Hall of Mirrors earlier, you had nearly found. So, if, do you have any other questions before we ask you to take part in this quest for us? Um. Please, so I I, after what you did, I, we, 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 will, we will offer you nearly anything reasonable within our power. All right. Information, aid, advice. Uh, the best thing I could ask for is a better way to protect myself, but I don't think you guys are exactly armor dealers. Um, Mr. Witch kind of sits for a moment and uh, sort of begins to sort of... He stands up and gestures for Mr. Witch to like to stand up as well. And you see he reaches underneath and pulls out like a tiny little chest and he sticks it forward and like as if tapping something in the air and you see like a spectral chest appear. Oh. We have a couple of things that could help you a little bit. What do you got? And you see like he jingles around you hear like the sound of, of coins sort of moving about in there uh, as he seems to sort of pull out three glass stoppers. And he picks it up and he sort of hands them out to you. We've got a couple of potions. I cannot say which one is which. All I know is one will make you very small, one will make you very bit large, and the other one will make you very lucky. Huh. I'm sorry we don't exactly have much. We are not exactly an incredibly wealthy carnival, but we do have a couple of knickknacks. And he'll hand, like, three of them to whoever wants to take three unlabeled potions that look identical to each other. I suppose I can take them. All right, so go ahead and mark the three potions on your sheet somewhere. Um... And you'll see he takes the chest away, closes a lid, the chest sort of turns transparent and disappears, and he puts the tiny chest back under the seat. Well then, I suppose we should make our way. Is there anything else you would like to do before we send you on your way? Um, After we something I would want to do when I get back. Yeah. We will be waiting for you when you return. We yes, 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 yes. It will be quite a celebration. I really do hope that you can help Sabilna and find what you're looking for. I am terribly sorry for any inconvenience you have experienced on behalf of Witchlight Carnival. Hmm. It's okay. Yeah, definitely we should talk again when we get back. Talk, have tea, 
And I need to figure out what to draft in my report. Because, oh, wow, this is a lot. If you don't have any other questions, they'll lead you out of the carriage and make your way through the sort of empty carnival, which is in the process of being cleaned up of trash. You see, actually, the one halfling girl. Apparently, there was some shortage from Tor not being out there, and she's actually having to, like, pick up trash. Yeah! She doesn't see you, but she, she's doing that. She, she hates it. She, like, steps forward and, like, stumbles into the mud, and she just is pissed. Um, mm. And all of them will lead you towards that Hall of Illusions. Making your way inside, Mr. Witch and Mr. Light go to an area that seemed to sort of glimmer when Amanda originally looked in there. And you see Mr. Light extend his vein, and as he sort of, like, taps the air around there, a mirror which was invisible, like, clunks and ripples into existence. You see that it is a mirror that is not the one that Philo went to investigate, but it's a slightly different one. This one is tall, has an hourglass mounted at the top, and a round, circular looking glass frame that shows you your reflection backwards. As all of you are kind of filing in here, Amanda, you walk past one mirror that as you're looking past it, Amanda, you see looking back at you a younger version of yourself who's smiling joyously as she looks up at you. And then her smile kind of fades as she looks at you concerned. And then she like looks off to the side and she walks away from it feeling a little bit weird. <laughs> a memory that feels <sighs> a little familiar to you. Oh. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. I'll find you again. And trust me, you will be amazing. <laughs> and as all of you file in to this room, Mr. Witch and Mr. Light prepare themselves. They speak a rhyme. Mr. Witch addresses you in a hushed tone. Everything you seek and more lies beyond this mirror. If you mean to step through, then stand in front of the looking glass and repeat the rhyme. Hither, tither, here and there, wander yonder, show me where. And he'll gesture to whichever one of you wants to, to step before it. Hither, tither, here and there, wander yonder, here and there. Mm -hmm. I would say that Amanda's currently got the crown on her head still. Ooh, I get to keep uh, that? Uh, Mr. 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 Light says, oh, it's not quite going to go. At that point, you see like the mirror like ripples and glows and becomes a sort of whirling vortex before you. Mm. And you hear, as, as they say that, this portal's only one way, but I'm certain that you'll find another way back to the carnival once you complete your objective. And please do be careful. It can be a complicated place at the best of times. Please be safe and do mind your hospitality. You'll find it does you many favors. It's making me uneasy. And the mirror is just sort of swirling before you. We go ahead and step in. Amanda steps through. You see like she just steps through and fades away on the other side. Hobbs follows. Hobbs ducks in and steps through. Astra? Can someone hold my hand? I will. The two of you step through together. And Philo, just as before you're about to step through, this sensation, this memory feels somewhat familiar to you, but you cannot quite grab a hold of it. And you're standing there with Mr. Witch and Mr. Light. And they see you and say, they gaze down at you and say, you have much to recover, Philo Street. See to it that you find what you want. Yes, yes, yes. And, and please do be careful. 
not everything in your past is going to, well, be super welcoming. <laughs> Mind the rule of three. Future, present, past. Mr. Light says, and do find the alicorn and free the dormant queen at last. I just and give him a knowing nod. Like, this is all kind of like deja vu, like you said, like, almost like I know what they're talking about, but I can't get it. Mm -hmm. And I'd go through the portal. That's unnerving. And we see, like, as Philo steps through that portal, looking back at them one last time, the mirror sort of begins to fade back into a reflective surface. And the two of them just look at each other. Give each other a nod. And leave the Hall of Illusions to go prepare the carnival for the next day. And as that happens, three more mirrors in the space ripple slightly as we see three reflections in them. One, a shadowy visage of an elf in a moon mask. Another, a small, toady-looking creature that moves very fast. And a third, a blue girl in a pig's mask. And the three of them, from the different mirrors that they're looking out of, look at each other. And all of them just sort of like walk out of frame of the mirrors. Mirrors, As we close this first chapter of the Wild Beyond the Witchlight. We appreciate your support in listening to this podcast and leaving us a good rating. Please consider subscribing and following us on Twitter. Music is used with permission by This Way to the Egress. You can find links to them, some of our sponsors, and other collaborators in the description below. And lastly, remember to always salt your water before boiling. Farewell. <laughs>